0: Welcome to the Reggie McNeil Podcast, where we explore what it means to seek God's kingdom here on earth. Join us on our journey to become more aware of and encouraged by God's work in and around us.
1: Hey gang, I'm here with Julia speck Adelab at Fuller Seminary, and I have known Julia for 15 years. Uh, She has been a fixture in the Doctoral Ministries office there and uh, only two years ago completed her own uh, doctorate, her d from Fuller. And she has always been the only real reason I would keep going out to Fuller to teach. Uh, (laughs) uh, The deans and the program directors think I'm teaching for them, but really it's always been about Julia. So um, I want Julia to introduce herself to you so you'll get to know her uh, a, a little bit like I do. Julia, welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me and for being so flattering.
1: (laughs) Well, it's true. It's true. Uh,
0: Sure, sure. I'm sure. Uh, Yes, I come from the Midwest, grew up there, moved out to California when I decided to go to graduate school at Fuller Seminary, as well as work there. And it was a little bit just dumb luck that I ended up in the doctorate ministry program. (laughs) Um, Dumb luck, really God's providence, I think. Yeah. Um, And I've been there for all 15 years that I've been working at Fuller. Um, It's been a great experience. My boss Kurt is the hoot, wonderful guy to work with. Has been a great mentor.
1: Yeah, Kurt Um, Fredrickson. For those of you who are trolling this podcast, yeah.
0: Yes. (laughs) (coughs) Uh, Yeah. So I went to Fuller, and just I think there's something in the water. You never stop getting degrees. So I started out getting two master's degrees, and then went on to get my doctorate. Um yeah. working there the entire time. I'm now the director of the of ministry program. And I think eventually we might talk about my project. So yeah, I, well, of that, I that. also, yeah. I on the side work for a nonprofit organization that is a street outreach to men and women who are sexually exploited.
1: Oh, wow. And that that's uh, in Pasadena? Uh,
0: it, we work mostly in like downtown L.A. or downtown, just outside okay. downtown L.A. Yeah. So it's near now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: well, I want to come back to that in just a moment because you're right. That's very interesting um, because some of our listeners are probably engaged in similar kinds of engaged, uh, you know, ministry. Um, but what did you do your project in? For your so doctorate? I
0: created an online training curriculum for this ministry for After Hours. So for people wanting to volunteer with us or just to learn more about sexual exploitation. It's an online training curriculum for ministry to the sexually exploited.
1: That is that is such a, you know, there's so much to learn there about what to do and what not to do. And, and um, I, I've been with some organizations um, that sure could use your help, uh, your curriculum. <laughs> I hope, I hope it can get um, widely distributed because unfortunately this is a problem that is, uh, is not, Decreasing, uh, and right. we, we really need to engage in the church. I think because of just feeling ill prepared, has been reluctant. It seems to me to engage church leaders. Sometimes, I think uh, have been I don't know nervous about trying to head into this space. That it's more frightening. It's uh, it's certainly unfamiliar unfamiliar territory. How long have you been working in the space?
0: Uh, for uh, almost 15 years as well, probably 14 years, maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you have a, an enormous uh, backlog of information and uh, would folks uh, probably could contact you directly and get some help if, if they're listening to the podcast, they're engaged in similar work. Um, do, is there a name of the organization they could look it up online?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's called After Hours Ministry the website is just that afterhoursministry.org yeah and i learned everything i know and everything in that training by doing it all wrong first so yes i'd love to help people not (laughs) do the same things I did.
1: yeah well i'm i'm just um i just am honored uh, well humbled at folks that are willing to enter a very uh dark place uh to rescue people and um so good for you, good for them. Uh, now it's pretty easy to see your work on the street there uh, as kingdom work. Let's talk about your fuller, your academic setting, and, and yeah. how do how do you see that as 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 kingdom work?
0: We've had a phrase for a while where we say we consider ourselves to be the servants of the servants of the church. Um, there's some extreme burnout depression, anxiety, amongst other things uh, with pastors today. So I think seeking to be a safe space for them to doubt, to complain, to question, but then also to challenge and retool themselves for the next phases of ministries, for our changing world, um, for their particular challenges that they're facing, and just help them come away with a renewed sense of that call God placed on their life, that meant so much to them. And then as you're in ministry dwindles and you're like, did I hear him right? Because I hate this right now. So kind of bringing them back to that first spot.
1: <clears throat> you know, people enter doctoral work for all different kinds of reasons. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, I honestly think some uh, are bored, uh, you know, with their current ministry assignment, they have time, they have the energy sure. um, and, and it's another, you know, thing to do. But I think there are others that are, that are uh, like you mentioned, looking for some extra cha- or new chapter in their own personal development, uh, mm-hmm. in their leadership growth. And, uh, and you, you're, you sit in a unique position because you direct all these projects. I mean, I know you have different people that supervise them, but you interview these students coming in, you watch their progress, you, you see what they produce in their projects and all that. So you have a very unique view, I think, of where ministry training and what ministers are looking for today. And But I, I want to come at that from a kingdom perspective. I mean, you guys were one of the first that declared the doctoral ministry program at Fuller to be a missional uh, orientation mm. way back. Yeah, and uh, And so you kind of put a stake in the ground there saying, we're going to help the church figure out, you know, how to be uh, properly aligned with God's mission in the world. Right. And that's, that's why I've been so attracted to you and why I've continued to teach there. Um, talk to me a little bit about any kinds of shifts that you have been noticing. Are people more in tune with that message now? Are they coming into doctoral work looking to be equipped for that? Or do they get surprised by that when they, uh, you know, enter your program and um, and are bombarded with uh, missional kinds of thinking?
0: I think it's becoming a little more common now. It's a little bit, it's cyclical. It's kind of funny. When I first came, it was this brand new concept. People were still asking just for kind of church growth type yeah. curriculum. And then we, we really were pushing toward the, more of the missional kingdom-centric training. And people were really on board with that, but I'm getting more and more questions now again, wanting to go back to kind of that church growth model, which is fascinating.
1: Really? Do you think yeah. the pan- Do you think the pandemic has has caused that some or what? What do you attribute it to? I,
0: you know, I don't know what I would attribute it to. It could be that. It, I honestly, I think kingdom centric work, missional work, is exhausting,
1: <laughs> and well, if you
0: can have a plan, if you can have a template, if you can have a rhythm, do these six things, your church is going to grow. Uh, That seems a lot more appealing because you keep your board happy, you keep other pastors happy, you keep congregants happy. um, And being more kingdom centric does ruffle some feathers. It takes more intentionality, more effort,
1: more... um, You're right. Yeah. You're right. And there's a whole different set of competencies, aren't there? uh, For. A kingdom. Uh, how do y'all address some of those? How do you, what are some of the ways you go at it?
0: Uh, I mean, that's a great question. I think what we encourage, at least in, in our doctoral projects, is that students do a lot more kind of neighborhood ethnography research, really getting to know the history of their church, Good. of their community, spending time, you know, outside the church walls talking to people join your local rotary become a police chaplain you know do these things where you get involved in the community so you can really understand their felt needs um, yes. and be a part of those uh, as well as uh, just continuing to have an openness to learning i think one of the biggest needs is to surround yourself with people that are different than you that look different that think different to expand the way you study scripture, understand God, look at the world. Because if we're stuck uh, in our own little ways, God becomes very small. And then that's what makes it even harder for you to relate to those in your community that might not want to come to your church.
1: Well, that's one of the things that I've always uh, admired uh, or seen as a positive uh, about the Fuller uh, program itself. uh, It has a great deal of diversity I mean, when I teach there, students are from literally from every continent, and except Antarctica, I haven't had someone from yeah. there yet. Um, but some of them have wanted me to go to Antarctica, but uh, I've not. But 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 you you raise some interesting um, because I do think that the whole missional and and now kingdom I use the word kingdom a lot now when we had to kind of invent a word so we could get back to hmm. the you know to the biblical stuff. And, and still, some people tell me, well, you know, kingdom, people don't know what that means. And some more, mm. well, yeah, but it is a biblical word. It actually has content, you know, scriptural and biblical content. Uh, you know, if you, if you don't bring your own assumptions to it, but you actually let, you know, the Bible and, uh, inform you about what the kingdom is, then you, get, right. you finally come on to that, oh, it's about, you know, a God's restoration of the earth here, not just going to heaven, but what we do on this side seems to me Jesus was a lot more concerned about getting heaven to earth than getting earthlings to heaven. Uh, mm, and so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're, you're trying to equip people to lead in that. And, and that's one of the things that, um, that's one of the things that I have respected, but I've noticed even in the students that are in my courses that, um, there is resistance um mm. not, not a lot most of them by now know what they're getting if they sign up for you know for me sure but, <laughs> um but even still uh, it, it's like the comfortable the familiar mm. the congregational modality as a, the only expression of mm. church i mean all of these assumptions get challenged uh biases and prejudices when you really can be with a cohort that's really uh trying to figure out what is god up to in the world and how does the church relate to it and to be able to step out of the western institutional mindset and see church as a movement versus church as institution Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. is is you know i mean that's you're right there are a lot of folks that say no thank you i'll just go back to managing my church program because i know how to do that right so and i
0: think there's a lot of fear also of the backlash or because i don't think seminaries often train for that very well so fear that they have the competencies they're equipped to to be able to to do these things and then if if you lack the vocabulary even to be able to express fully to a congregation this is my conviction this is my passion this is the direction we're headed you leave people confused and frustrated and behind i think that when you feel that tension is when you're tempted to be like oh just forget it it's not
1: right kind of of like moses i think i'm just gonna go up the mountain for a while now yes Uh, although he's quite an interesting uh, but but it was god that seemed more frustrated i just think i'll do away with him moses um so uh, uh, you know we are in good company when we are frustrated with people's resistances you know we uh, that's one of the things that i focus in my courses is on conflict and you're right i I never had a single seminary course in my own work on conflict the assumption was everyone's going to love you you know honor your anniversary going to give you a trip to the holy land on your 10th one if you can hang in that long and, uh, you know, and, and it's just gonna be, you know, they're allowed you and-, and You're and about just, to change the world. Yeah, I mean, when yeah. Jesus said, you know, hey, by the way, what you're signing up for here, uh, they're gonna do to you what they do to me. And that wasn't that pretty. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And yes, it's like we gloss over that and we think conflict yeah. uh, is, is something that's uh, strange and unusual as opposed to yep. part of the course. That's why also I love what you guys do in terms of paying attention to the inner development, the the spiritual Mm. soul, the leader inside of the leadership. I think that's really, uh, I think that's an important aspect of what you do.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I think if you're not aware of where you come from, where you're being held up by what might be causing you fear or anxiety or apathy, uh, then you can't truly address any of those things.
1: Julia, in your if if seminaries took more seriously this move from a church-centric to a kingdom-centric um, focus, how do we, how do you think training might be impacted? Um, and and I'm asking you because you guys at you know at Fuller have, have um, been wrestling with this. I'm just curious how you think it would look uh, if we shifted the training to match
0: the mission that is a great question and i don't know as though i have a great answer i mean i think part of it is moving to more distance learning models so students actually stay in their community they don't come away Mm. for three to five years to just be with like-minded people and have their heads in books Mm. um but how do we equip you along the way work within challenges you're currently facing questions you currently have um and then i don't i mean looking at my master's level work like what require a practicum in city hall somewhere or you know rather than just in the church i think equipping you to kind of understand the needs of your city more as well as how being able to have questions about how they view the church how they see their role what frustrations uh, they have about them is just would be so helpful for pastors that are trying to go into a community and,
1: and I think those are two great. I think those are two great answers, actually. Uh, you know, the incarnational, uh, approach of, like you say, instead of bringing people out and then by the time they get trained, it's a cross cultural experience, even to go back home. Because they've been right. sitting around with a bunch of theologues um, right. in, in a bubble, <clears throat> and then I think. Uh, but I really like your your second suggestion as well, and that is um, make it a practicum that you, that you have to complete, you know, some whatever hours credit, but for on the job training uh, mm. or retraining, uh, particularly, right. um, especially at the level like you're talking about, uh, you know, require maybe require that you're a, 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 like docs, you know, have to do residencies and fellowships, you know, why right. not, why not have to do some kind of city hall experience, like you say, or not for profit or, uh, I mean, right. I think that's a, I think that's a great idea when seminary folks ask me what you should do, I typically will say something like, well, you know, until the training uh, curriculum matches the leadership challenge. Mm. uh it's 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 not worth it you know and mm. and i think we're still training for ministry challenges that are um oh, gosh we should have settled those a long time ago there's a whole new set yes. of stuff. if your greatest <laughs> challenge is to develop a sermon then somehow um uh, you know and if you are going to preach i hope you will do a good job especially if i have to listen but right <laughs> but you know but really i mean yeah. So, yeah. We so we train teachers, uh, but but training leaders for a movement is very different. Right. And um, and the church has got to be a movement. I mean, if we're going to somehow reverse what's going on in terms of people affiliating or or even being uh, seeing the church as relevant.
0: Yeah, and you're fighting against the church culture. I mean, you're going to have people coming to your congregation that believe this life is temporary. I'm just here to make sure I get into heaven and and just have that mindset of, you know, this body, this earth, all this doesn't matter. And so trying to convince them, no, it does. The kingdom is here yeah. already, and we need to help it to advance. Uh, it, it's hard for some people. They'd rather just have the night. Just tell me I'm going to heaven and I'm good.
1: Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. And I've mentioned this on two interviews in this series already. This has come up. I mean, it's like we have this three-chapter gospel in the evangelical church, particularly. Mm. You know, there's creation, then it it was screwed up, you know, the fall, and then Jesus fixes stuff. You punch your ticket, yeah. you're out of here. You know, you're good right. to go. You know, instead of the fourth, a four-chapter gospel that that which the you know the four the fourth chapter is so what? I mean, you know, it, it's like mm-hmm. Ephesians 10 is still in the book. You know, you were <laughs> saved by great yeah faith, and all that stuff. But the point is, for these good works, so God is prepared for you to do, and the right. kingdom—you know—for the kingdom to come to earth as it is in heaven, you know, God's will to be done here. Gosh, chapter four is about getting with it. I mean, you know, yep. it's 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 taking the land, or as a friend of mine likes to say, taking back everything that hell has stolen. I just love mm. that image. I mean, we're, yep. you know, and but it seems that mi- ministry equipping is so often helping people figure out how to hang on to stuff. Hey, we're supposed to be an invading force. I mean, Mm. you know, we're the invaders. (laughs) I mean, uh, you know, Jesus talked about the, you know, the gates of hell wouldn't be able to stand. Well, that assumes that we're attacking it. You know, so we're the invaders. We're we're the ones that are taking back territory. Gosh, that's a whole different training, calls for a whole different posture, Mm. a whole different stance. But I've said forever, you know, if you build an anteater, it looks for ants. And so we have built this, you know, seminary system that kind of looks for teachers and, you know, wordsmiths and program managers. No wonder. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's who we recruit. But right. I don't know. I just feel like we've got to turn the corner on this thing and, and really begin to look for social and spiritual entrepreneurs, uh, for folks that understand we're in a fight for uh not just our lives but for the lives of others um uh, you know and it's not just about saving the culture it's about Mm -hmm. making the world more like what god had in mind you know
0: yeah and i think this pandemic has been a great opportunity to just reset and reimagine and if you're not taking this opportunity it's not going to get any easier a year or two from now you know use this opportunity where church has had to be outside the walls of a building to yeah. dig in deeper to this.
1: Yeah, it it's only Covid's only accelerated the realities, the spiritual exactly. realities that were already here just not right. really being paid attention to by uh so many. Of course you and me, but I'm talking about all these others. Oh, you
0: yeah, no all the other people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, uh Julia, I gosh, I just look we're we're almost out of time. What have I been doing? Uh but is there something you wish I would ask you? Uh, you know that you say, "I hope I get to say this when when I talk to the old man." <laughs> no,
0: it's just a joy to talk to you. I just I uh, I Curt and I used your phrase all the time with students that we're talking to. That uh, serving the church with a call is hard, but serving the church without a call is cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> Uh, And that's something that really resonates, especially with our master's level students, as they're really considering and preparing. And I think, as you said, being prepared for like, this is not going to be an easy call. If you aren't called, this is cruel and unusual self-punishment. Yeah. So, uh, you know, working with our seminaries to kind of prepare students more, like you said, for conflict and, and for the difficult roads ahead and what being a visionary will really look like is so important.
1: Well I'm glad that they have you and um, and I'm very grateful that you have taken the long haul um, and, and made the investment over time because that's what that's, that's what you. speaks into people's lives and, and makes a difference. You got to have that long you got to have the long look and uh, so I hope I hope you've got at least 15 more years there to you know make <laughs> this place even more. Uh, a part of uh, of a kingdom development, kingdom leadership development. Julia, thanks for taking time to uh, to talk with me today and I hope you'll hear from some of our listeners and and I hope just what you said today will challenge them to examine their own call. How what what do I feel called to and how would I how would I get equipped for that? Thanks, Julia.
0: Thank you.